Pittsburgh Steelers fans. This is behind the uh, not behind the steel curtain. Steel Curtain Network's Dave Schofield coming at you. Man, I have done so many podcasts over the last uh week or so. I can't remember what I'm doing. <laughs> Cut this it. Is, Just let's go start over. show. <laughs> you ready for me to start over? Three. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans, <laughs> welcome back to the next another episode of the Scobro Show. This is the Steel Curtain Network's Day Schofield coming at you Tuesday night, just after nine. Wanted to get this going early. This is why we're 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 stuttering along here to start. Rich, I've done a lot of podcasts <laughs> with me as always, and since when he's not, is my uh, big brother Rich. Rich, I'm out of it tonight. I'm still recovering from this amazing draft. How are you doing? Dave, I, I'm doing just wonderful, but I'm really worried about you right now because <laughs> you're even worse than usual. You you so, do realize that I did 10 podcasts in less than 48 hours over the weekend. Yeah. So for those it, that aren't live yeah, seeing I, I, this on the screen, well, this is the world's smallest violin playing My Heart Bleeds for You. Well, well, this is this is the thing. Because I hit Sunday morning slash Sunday afternoon, and I, I just kind of felt like out of place, kind of in a haze. I'm like, I don't know what I should be doing right now. I've been anticipating this draft for so long. I've been working and powering through this draft for all weekend. Now what do I do? I, I just, I, I, I needed a mental reset. So what did I do? I took my boys to go see the Mario movie again. So, <laughs> so that was fun. But uh, yeah, big weekend. Super big weekend. That's what we're going to talk about. But you know what? We've got to talk about some something else. Because, you know, we're going to talk tonight. Tonight we're going to do something that's kind of important. We're going to define the relationship. You know, when things get going, sometimes you have to define the relationship. Now, one person who doesn't have to define the relationship is my big brother, Rich. Do you want to know why? Because it was 25 years ago today, I was standing next to you, you know, having, having to wear a tuxedo and everything. I, I just got to know, have you been singing Tony, Tony, Tony all day? Have you done you know it? I, no, all? I have not. Okay. Because you no. know what today is. Yes, I do. It's your anniversary. Yes, it's your I anniversary. Twenty-five years for the big bro. Uh, congratulations. Uh, ironically, let me talk now. You know, I, I remember <laughs> that day very well. Twenty-five years ago, we 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 got married here, close by where I live now. For, you know, up here along Deep Creek Lake. That day, twenty-five years ago, was cloudy, overcast. There were a couple times it spit a little drizzle, and I'd say the temperature was what. Uh, right around 50 degrees, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably about like what my weather was where I live right now today. Today, we're hovering low to mid 30s, <laughs> off and on switching between rain and snow. Um, <laughs> if you ever wanted to see, I actually took some pictures of the Wisp, Wisp ski area today mm -hmm. because if you ever wanted to see the definition of elevation snow, all you had to do was look at the mountain with the with the ski area because halfway up the slopes green from halfway to the top white white 
That's 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 always fun stuff. I always like doing that, looking at the mountains and everything for the distance and seeing where the snow cuts off. Oh, oh, the and the when you get the frozen fog, you can see where it's different, where it's uh, where where it's in the where it has where the sun hasn't hit yet versus where it has some of those cool things. But yeah, I always appreciate the you know the the difference in elevation with the weather. But Rich, I just have to say happy anniversary. So, so as as. Uh, as I told my wife this morning, you know, as 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 much as we would have preferred a sixty-five degree sunny day for our anniversary, at least we got the day we had, and not a day like today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's funny because I, I had to double check. I was in college at the time when you got married. I was trying to remember what year I was in college, and I was fairly certain that you were five years ahead of me because I've, I've got number 20 coming up later this summer. So, uh, that's, that, that, that's a big one. That's a, that's a good job, Rich. Kudos. We don't want to spend, you know, too much time talking about us because it's not like this is a family show or anything, but no, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are very, or, or lots of congratulations to you in there, but, uh, you know, who else needs some congratulations? How about the con artist? <laughs> the con, the con man. Yeah, yeah. you, uh, you know, you're, you're celebrating 25 years. He's celebrating his first ever NFL draft as a GM, and uh, it was really something. So, what we're going to talk about here tonight is there's a lot of Steelers fans that were really in love with this draft, especially while it was going on. And sometimes I just wanted to say, hold on a minute there. We had people, you know, trying to mention 1974. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Steelers haven't even made all their picks yet. So so hold on. Now, and they've rounded this out pretty good. And we're going to go through the draft here in a little bit, pick by pick. But the first thing we want to say is, this was pretty cool. But this needs to be more than a weekend fling, you know. This just wasn't three days of excitement and all. This is all good, great, grand, and wonderful. This this needs to be in it for the long haul. We need to define this relationship between Steelers fans and this draft class because I've seen Steelers fans excited. Most of them are excited a lot of years. But this year, really excited, and I am too. But let's actually get him out on the field and actually see something to be excited about. You know, it's the yeah. dreaded word of potential. So, well, uh, wait a minute. I, I'm going to go back up top and find it because somebody actually, right as we were going live, commented exactly what I told you before we went live. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it is. Okay, Frosty the Bear 69. What you think of the draft? Man, looks solid on paper. Yeah, right. Solid on paper. But you know what? We had a Browns fan in here. I don't know if they're still here or not. Had a Browns fan in here when we started. But you know who has a lot of great drafts on paper? The Browns. Browns. You know who still can't really find any kind of sniffing close to anything close to a Super Bowl? The Browns. Browns. Okay. So that's just a cautionary tale. You can win the draft on draft weekend. I'd much rather win the draft. Um next January or February or the following or the following or the following, you know, this is, this is a process. It's great where the Steelers are. It really is. And really what's so different. And you have to ask yourself if this is a good thing or not. So I'm going to ask you, this is a good thing or not. 
the Steelers made a lot of picks that people thought were great picks of value when they made them. The Steelers didn't always do that. Sometimes they're drafting guys that were just kind of like, well, they must have really liked them or something. Is it good that the Steelers were making picks that so many people thought were good picks? Or do you, you know, or, or is that kind of like a, a, a cautionary tale of beware the draft that everybody loves? I don't know, but I, I'll tell you what had to be going on in the, like, was it Jeff Hartman said, oh, to be a fly on the uh, wall of the Steelers war room in there? Yeah. You know, um, it would have been fun to hear because, you know, they made their move up to get the guy they wanted in the first. Moved up the three picks, made sure they got in front of the Jets, and got the guy they wanted. Um, and I was okay with that. And then yeah. as the draft went on, I'm wondering if the time's in the Steeler, Steelers' war room, if it wasn't. What? This guy that we had on our list is still there? Well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Here's our pick, you know. Yeah. It, it like that's what seemed like what was going on for them this weekend. Like, really? How is this guy still here? Well, heck yeah, we're gonna take him. Yeah, you know. Well, and and it's interesting because I've I've kind of paralleled tonight's show with you know, be you know, with relationships. You want to be in that long-term relationship whether rather than just a weekend fling. But a weekend fling can develop into a long-term relationship. And what do you have to do in order to, to get it there? You kind of have to go back and look over and think over all those great moments of that weekend. So let's do that first to really break this down. Let's go through the draft, kind of a little bit of how we were thinking with things as it went along in order to, to, to help define you know this relationship. And I want to almost say ease expectations. Um but let, let's look at it one by one. You mentioned you mentioned the Steelers moving up on, on the first night of the draft. They moved up from 17 to 14. Now, we were on the Zoom call together, and I remember asking a question and then answering it to myself, but I don't know if anyone heard it. As soon as the Steelers had that pick uh, that it came across as a trade, um, Shannon White was the first one who saw it. He's like, trade, the Steelers traded up. We're like, what? And we're just set into a frenzy. My question was, Tackle or corner? That was my first question. Oh, I, I knew the answer to that as soon as they made it. Mm-hmm. I knew the answer was tackle. Okay. I asked the question, and no, no sooner did I ask the question than I knew the answer. There were options at corner. Correct. There was, there was a big drop-off. In off, from offensive line from that point on. And I say offensive right. line because I'll, I put Skaronsky in there, whether I don't I don't think he's a tackle. That's why I, I really liked him as a player. Didn't necessarily want the Steelers to take him because I felt they were, they were really set at guard. I was hoping they would have one of the tackles, but he went before the Steelers with everything anyway. But after those four, and it was just three to start, and then Darnell Wright got into the conversation, and then he got so much so that he got bumped up ahead of others. But to me, I'm like, if you're going to move up three spots, then it's not for the corner, because chances are you were going to have an option there if you would have if you would have stood pat. There wasn't another option for tackle. So as soon as you took a second to think it through, that's when I'm like, this has got to be the move for the tackle. 
And it was. And I liked it. Oh, Be- yes. Yeah. Uh, had, had no issue at all. Because yeah. it was a, if they wanted that tackle, they were going to have to take it because word on the street was if they weren't taking that tackle there, the Jets were taking it. Yes. And some people are like, oh, they could have still had him at 17. No, they couldn't have. Now, Rich, it's very interesting. You remember doing the the, the Steel Curd Network draft, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Who had the Steelers pick? You had the Steelers pick. And we weren't allowed to trade. But who did I end up with at 17? I don't even remember. I ended up with? Oh, that's you did. Roger Jones. Yes, you did. But that's because because I remember you even being like, wow, can't believe this guy's still here, but why not? Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr., Devin Witherspoon, they were all gone. Um, so it made it really simple, but while that, the day we were, we were doing that draft, um, with, with, the, with all the podcasters, um, and it was, and, and it was going all around on the Slack channel, I, I said something to, to bad and Jeff, I'm like, this is dumb already. They're like, why? I said, we're 14 picks in and no one's taking alignment. There's no way this is going to happen. So why have why is our podcasters devaluing the offensive lineman this way? Said there's no way this is going to happen. I said I'm taking a lineman because there's going to be one. And I had my choice between Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones. I took Broderick Jones. So, but I knew that was going to happen. I, I I knew the linemen would go before the corners because there were so many corners. And and, and we'll get to the corners shortly. So, Broderick Jones, pretty happy with that. i got to bring up about that draft, though, because you talked about nailing yours. Yeah. Okay, I did not nail mine, but I should have. Uh Uh-huh. Because I had the Ravens pick at whatever they were, what, 22? Yeah. I wanted to take Zay Flowers, but somebody took him at 20. I don't remember who took him or which team it was for. And I was like, really? So I couldn't take him. And then the Ravens ended up drafting Zay Flowers, and I yeah. yelled at Kyle. I was like, "See, I told you." That's his, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see how that works out. Uh, you know what? Right now, I'm more worried about the. Some people are like, "Oh, but the." There was very a lot of people like the Steelers. Oh, what are they going to do? The Ravens took Zay Flowers. They got to be able to answer. I'm like, the Steelers needed to focus on do, doing taking care of their business for the draft, not what the rest yeah. of the division was doing. Exactly. Um, that, but that's just me. That was my mentality the whole weekend. Uh, but do you think uh, Coach Belichick kind of stuck it to the Jets? No one. Uh, uh, that's totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, that was the. Uh, I like to put it this way. That was Coach Belichick saying, "Ah, oh, Jets, trade up, get Aaron Rodgers, huh?" Yeah. Oh, Jets, think you're going to draft a left tackle to protect him? Hold my beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I kind of, I, I kind of like that. It's funny because I said multiple times this off season. I'm like, where, where, with even, and it was even after I drafted Broderick Jones in that in that mock draft that we were doing, is I said I don't see Broderick Jones getting past the Patriots at 14. I'd said that multiple times. I said that just kind of feels like the Patriots pick. And I'll be honest with you. If the Patriots wouldn't have had options at corner, multiple options that they're that they they're going to do, I think they would have taken Jones there. Yes, but I think the fact that they're like, oh, but we have options at corner if we trade back, got the guy they probably would have taken, 
at 14 if they wouldn't yep. have traded back. Yep. And then picked up a pick. Yeah. And now, now on our, if we go back to last week when we were talking about, you know, our, our, our wish list, we had Christian Gonzalez pretty high. We did not know at that time that then a report came out that there was something that happened when he met with the Steelers that apparently didn't go well. Yeah. So they didn't have him as high on their list. You know, he was even behind, from what I understand, he was behind Joey Porter. That that if they had the option between those two at 17, they would have taken Porter. Um, that's just the reports that have been out there. But instead, the Steelers, they, they traded up. They got Jones, Broderick Jones, and that's it. Let's talk about 32 here real quick. Anything else you want to say about 14, Rich? Nope. I love that it was just a fourth-round pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Fourth round pick to move up three. Got the guy who wanted. Love the look on on Jones. Nice big man who can move. Um, I think some of that basketball background plays into it. So yep. Good feet, good athleticism, great stuff. Yep. So oh, hey, we got two dollars out of the tip jar from Captain Underpants. Thank you, Captain Underpants. Says, wonder if Con told Bill who he was trading for. I don't know if you do that or not. I don't know. I don't know wouldn't if you do that, but it wouldn't. Say, but it didn't. wouldn't. Wouldn't surprise me if Bill was if Bill was like, you know, he might have Belichick might have asked, you know, hey, you all are wanting to come up. What are you after? He may have, yeah, you know, they may have at least said position. Hey, we're we're looking at an offensive lineman. Yeah. To which then Belichick is like, hmm, they're gonna take that guy from the Jets. Yeah. Here you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they were kind of specifically looking for that. Hey, we, we've got another $2 from Sean Manhan says, PZ Jr. wearing Ike's number 24. Woo. Uh, Brian Anthony Davis called that. He did. He 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 called that. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think it was in the Zoom on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, to get ready for his article. He's like, I'm going with yeah. 24. So I'm like, yep, that's a good one. Speaking of PZ Jr. Here, so let, let's, roll to, let, let's roll to 32. I felt much differently than a lot of people. Um, I realized tonight, today that I missed a bunch of messages on our Slack channel because I muted the draft channel on there because people were just putting ridiculous stuff in there before and it was just too much. And I muted it along like months ago. So <laughs> I missed a lot of those conversations, which was actually kind of good. And I'm kind of glad when I went back and, and found that out today because there were some people that were pretty adamant about the Steelers trading back out of 32. And I didn't, and and I'm pretty. I'm trying to remember. Was it on this show? Was it on the preview the week before? Somewhere I was asked, "Did you trade back out of 32?" And I gave the Dave answer. You know, you might have given the Dave answer too. It depends on how the board falls. It really depends on how the board falls, as if you're going to move back or not. Once day one finished, and we were looking at what we were looking at for day two. The Steelers took a philosophy that I threw out there at a bunch of my family back, oh, I don't know when was that, 2003 or four, when it came to our to our family's lake property here on Deep Creek Lake. Because that was the first time the family we decided about, should we sell it? And I was the only one who was for it. And I was like, why not think about it? Stick a ridiculous price tag on it, and if somebody's willing to pay it, Go for it. And to me, that's what the Steelers ended up doing with this pick. I'm sure Khan put a ridiculous price tag on it 
because he said to himself, you're either going to give us what we want and make it something we can't pass up or we're going to go pick the guy we want to pick. Yeah. And it, it, there's several different ways to look at it. I was adamant. I'm like, no, don't trade it. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, unless you get a massive amount for it, don't trade it because you're like, what are you going to do? Pick up a fourth or a fifth or something like that? Do you think the pick you get, however many picks later, and that other pick is going to be better than what you get right there at 32? If you have someone you really want at 32, and you're and let's say you only move back five spots, and that player's not going to be there, is that other player you get in the fifth round really going to be worth the difference in what you had there? Think about exactly. that. And that's why it depended on the way the board fell. If the mm-hmm. board fell in a way that there was that there was four or five players that were like, you could take any of these guys. I'm fine with that. And honestly, I feel like there were even more than that. But there was one above the rest. Yep. Everybody so knew that if the Steelers yeah. made the pick at 32, everybody knew who it was going to be. Yeah. And, and and Jeffrey asked me, he's like, what if it's not Joey Porter Jr.? I'm like, then it's someone that the Steelers love even better than him. You know, I'm like, really? If they like someone better than him, right. that they're still making the pick? Yeah. And I, I was really confident that that was going to be the pick as long as they made the pick. And if they didn't, I was constantly going to ask myself throughout the years, what if the Steelers wouldn't have traded there? And what if they would have had Joey Porter Jr.? We don't know what they would have got. We don't know what they would have gotten another pick. Nope. Uh, didn't matter. But, but to if, me – Well, someone, someone who said it earlier – I saw the, uh, there you go. (laughs) Sherry Richards. That's who I thought said it. If you look at what Arizona got for 33, if that was the best offer, then I'm glad we stayed. Exactly. Exactly. I was good. I was going to say that. That's the thing I was going to say. Look at what, what went for 33. They didn't gain any picks in this draft. They picked up a third next year. Now that's pretty good. That's not bad. Cause you know, a fourth this year is worth a third next year. It's pretty much how that works. But I wasn't doing. I wasn't making that trade for next year. I was not making that trade, taking it next year. So the Steelers traded Chase Claypool for Joy Porter Jr. That's what they did. Um, do we count that as being right <laughs> in our in our mock draft that we did? Because we got they got they drafted Joy Porter Jr. It just wasn't the right spot. That's nah. one of the old. That's one of the old. If you get the right player at the right spot, you get a yeah. full point. If you get the if you get the right player in in a different spot, you get a half, get a point. half point. So we yeah. get a half a point on that one. Yeah, so I get a half a point for breaking Broderick Jones before because it was the right player to the right team, just not the wrong spot. Uh, yep. But uh, think about it: the player that that we got at thirty two went tenth. So that's what always happens with the draft. But I was very happy with Joey Porter Jr. And honestly, I think this is a good thing for Joey Porter Jr. So, you know, I saw the video on Twitter tonight with him and his dad talking at the towards the end of the first round or after the first round was done about, you know, the motivation. That's good. That's great. That's wonderful. The bad thing is, is the difference in pay when you when you drop down all those spots. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. But you got the motivation. But honestly, I think there's a, a whole different pressure on it. If Joey Porter Jr. would have been the top guy and he's not contributing – right away as a rookie just a man oh what's wrong with what whoa was that a bad pick he's not on the field in week two starting or blah 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 you could you can hear it now can't you some of you you could probably even hear it now 
But now being the second guy that they that they took, I mean, think of the pressure even with Chase Claypool in 2020 because the Steelers didn't have a first-round pick. Sorry, 2020, 21, 2020. Uh, yeah, I got the right here. 2020, I did. Um, so, and, and that was pick 49. So, because it was the first person that the Steelers drafted, blah, blah, blah. The whole fact, the fact that he was the second guy drafted, to me, takes a little bit of the hey let's let's make sure we're good and get getting them on the field at the right time so yeah and and he's got enough pressure on him already just because he's Joey Porter Jr. yeah and he's now in Pittsburgh he didn't also need the pressure of being the first guy they took yeah so you're right it it will you know I mean, there's still going to be things there, but it's just one less thing there. Yeah. And uh, I got to keep reminding myself that Keanu Benton is a second round pick and not a third round pick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honestly, I keep thinking that he's a third round pick because he was the third pick. He was our third pick. Yes. Okay. Um, So, yeah. And that was one that, now, we didn't do it in our mock draft that we did two weeks ago, but that was one when I did some of my other mock drafts. I had him going to the Steelers a lot. And sometimes it was at 32. And occasionally, if he was there, it was at 49, but sometimes he wasn't there. So were you shocked at all by that pick? No, was not shocked at all. Knew we needed to go D lineman. Um, I feel really kind of like when, when you look at his game, you think, oh, he doesn't have a lot of the flashy stats. But when you look at some of his game film, um, what do I want to say? He he's a he's a wreak havoc interior lineman. Yeah. He is a I'm just going to go full motor ballistic nuts, make multiple guys have to hit me and just be disruptive. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially um, when you got, especially when Trent Jordan and Alex are on the outside. Yeah. If you get a guy on the inside that can just create havoc. All you're potentially doing is creating more opportunities for those guys on the outside. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict said something on this morning's um, cutting room floor podcast that I thought, mm, this is really interesting. Remember, it took a while before Cam Hayward found his way into the starting lineup and, and as a regular on the Steelers' defense. It really did. And he says that, you know, Keanu Benton could be that type of defensive tackle that really takes him a while to get to playing defensive tackle, but for the time being, plays nose tackle. Correct. Yes. That, so totally agree. That work that on your game at game. nose tackle. And then as you evolve it as an NFL player, you develop the skills to be an, a very good and effective defensive tackle. I kind of like that philosophy. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. So um, if, if uh, Steelers fans were wanting that run stuffing nose tackle, uh, Keanu Benton, I think can be that. Some might think he could, he, he might not be that exactly, but we'll see. Hey, before we roll on, I know, I know we're in the middle of day two. But we're gonna go ahead and take a break. Then we'll come back because I have a feeling the next one's gonna is is where the love affair really gets going um, with the Steelers' third round pick. So if you're with us here or on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, we'll hold with us for just a second. If you're here with us on the audio, we'll be back in just a moment after these messages. 
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, here we go. I still can't speak properly tonight. Whew. But you know what? Part of that is excitement for this, you know, this this little uh, weekend fling that we had with the 2023 NFL draft. Rich is getting tired of, of this analogy already, I can tell. Um, no, I'm getting tired of you messing things up and saying <laughs> things like Pittsburgh feeler stands. The Pittsburgh feeler, feeler stands. Okay. Uh, Schofield, Steven speaking. Yes. Oh. All right. Here we go. <laughs> um, um, I, 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 okay. You were frozen for me for a little bit there. Um, here we go. Round three. I keep thinking it's round four because it was the Steelers' fourth pick. The Steelers are sitting there at 80. They got a chance to get a fourth-round pick back. What was it, 12 or 13 picks later than what they would have been? 13 spots. Okay. Okay. No, one of them was 12, one of them was 13. Did they move? Yeah. I think, no, they went from 80 to 93, so they moved back 13 spots to pick up a fourth round pick that was 12 spots later than what they would have been otherwise, if they wouldn't have traded up in day one. Yes. So that, yeah, cause they were almost the same thing there. Yeah. So the Steelers pulled the trigger. And if you listen to the post draft press conference with Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan saying, you know, we had the opportunity to get a, to, to get the fourth round pick back. We looked into it. Uh, there was a lot of players there that we would have liked um, we felt confident that we could move back and still still get somebody there that we liked. So we moved back. He admitted the number one guy they had at pick 80 was who they made at 93. They even yeah. came back and asked him the question again at the end of the press conference just to make sure, and he confirmed it. The guy they would have taken at 80, they got at 93, tight end Darnell Washington. Rich. How 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 fast did you fall in love with this pick? Uh, pretty fast, mm-hmm. and to the point that on the Zoom call I brought up a comparison, and a lot of people then started to you know Shannon, Jeffrey Benedict, some folks started to agree with my analogy. And when I looked at at Darnell Washington, I said, "Think Eric Green, but more athletic." Yeah. And Eric Green was a beast of a tight end and a very good athlete. So to basically take him and move it up another notch on the athleticism, I, I was, I don't know. I, I immediately went into dream world of thinking, oh my goodness, let's think about some of the formations we could run. Yeah, think about some of the formations. Well, I was thinking about some of these formations last year. I didn't see enough of them, but I think this even does it even more. What would you think about a three tight end set that had you know, Firemuth, Gentry, and Washington out there all at the same time? Did that have to be Gentry or was it Hayward? Oh no, 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 no! We can go beyond that. Yeah, because I brought up and. Was it Jeffrey or Shannon or somebody then was like, um, hello, throw Hayward out there too. You know, yeah. he, he's an H-back. You know, it's like you could go serious jumbo, but the cool part is you could still throw the ball out of it. You could still, you know, if you're on the two-yard line and send that package in, you could still play fake and throw the ball. Yeah. It's insane. Of Yes. The, the the possibilities like i'm sitting there thinking if 
if my name, I'd never want my name to be this, but if my name happened to be Matt Canada, that's the first <laughs> thing I would have been thinking when we got this guy. Oh my gosh, what kind of fun can I have drawing some things up with what my personnel is now? Yeah. Yeah, and, and to me, once again, it was just the value there. I still look at the Steelers' first four picks, and I see them as two players that the Steelers would have potentially taken at pick 17, and then two players that they would have potentially taken at pick 32. Yes. And they got yes. four of them. Mm-hmm. So – they moved up from 17 to get the one. They still got one that would have been a 17 at 32. They got someone they would have thought about at 32 at 49. And then they still got someone they would have thought about at 32 at 93. It, it, yeah, it, it's crazy. I know some of them are the medicals. I talked about things. Um, that was Friday night. And saying, am I concerned about the knees? I said, yeah. And I say what I'm concerned is, uh, is anytime – it's an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or a big dude. And they say that you have, might have a chronic knee problem. That's that doesn't go away. But then the more I look, I'm like, this guy might be six, seven. He's only two sixty five. That's not as horrible weight bearing as you would think of it being otherwise. So he's saying, you know, I, I had a minor procedure done to clean up some, some cartilage at some point, but that's been it. Uh, We'll see if it's a problem, but I mean, my goodness, at that point, you take the chance. You take the chance. Oh, yeah. Um, and just think about what it can be. So that's one of those things that uh <laughs> let's see, I could try, you know, um I could I could try to 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 bat it up, if you know what I mean, and give an analogy of what this pick was like. This is a pick that you can't believe is there at that time of the night, but then again, it might completely, you know fall through later on. I don't see it that way. Um, the, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not concerned about the medicals because the Steelers wouldn't have taken them if they were. So. Okay. Uh, you, 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 I almost lost you there for a second. As you said, you were going to bat it up. <laughs> no, no, I, I, thought... I decided not to, this is more of a oh. family show. <laughs> when you I said that, <laughs> No, when you said you were going to bat it up, I thought you were going to go on to talk about how you were ready to marry Omar Khan. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, that uh, that's one thing that was the ongoing theme of the weekend was was Brian Anthony Davis constantly mentioning either marrying or dating Omar Khan. Yes. Um, so uh, it was a, it, it was quite an interesting draft weekend here at Steel Curtain Network. So really happy with, with what with they wanted to do. Yeah, by the time you got to the end of the day, of day two, I basically looked at it and said, "I don't care what happens on day three. You and I, I talked care. about that. Don't care. Nope. Anything, anything on day three is bonus. Yep. It, like if all they're doing is drafting guys that you just look at and say, you know what, he's got a shot to come in and be a special teamer. That's that's fine because I was so thrilled with what we got with those first four. Yeah." Now I'm going to make a somewhat bold statement about the next two picks. Actually, I'll have a, I'll have a, bold, I'll have a bold one for the next for the next pick as well. Here's my pick. Here's my bold thing for pick in round. I said number four. The, the, the Steelers' fifth pick, which was in the fourth round. 
The Steelers drafted. I'm I'm gonna, you know, I recorded half a podcast and had to start over because I called him the wrong name. Um, Nick Herbig. <laughs> and you were and you were you were saying Nate, weren't you? I was saying Nate. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was going back and forth, honestly. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's just get this right. So Nick Herbig out of out of Wisconsin, yes, brother of Nate Herbert Herbig, and people are like, oh, it's got to be a family thing. Remember, just remember this: Nate Herbig is not taking a snap for the Pittsburgh Steelers either. So, yeah, it, it's a cool story, but I don't think that's not the reason why the Steelers drafted him. But here's my bold here's here, here's my bold prediction that we may not ever know about this: when the Steelers traded back in round three. I think it's because they were willing to take Nick Herbig with that pick at 93. Yeah. I think they were willing to I take Herbig right. with that pick yes. that they would have been comf comfortable and confident taking him in round three at pick 93. If the, if other people were going to be gone that were there and then Washington was still there. So they took him and then they get Herbig in the fourth round anyway. Uh, yeah. I Again, I think this was one of those where Khan had to be shaking his head at times, being like, are you really? kidding me? Could yeah. this really be working the way this is working? Yeah. Like, so, you know, it, 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 am, am I on candid camera? You know? Yeah. I mean, I have no inside information or anything about that. That's just kind of a hunch that I got. Yeah. But the reason they were willing to trade that pick back is because they were they would have been fine with taking – Herbig at 93 if if no if nobody else was there. And then Washington was. And then they still got Herbig. Uh, that's just kind of how I I don't know. That's just a just my gut. Just so it's so I get, it's a pretty big feeling uh that that's what it was. So uh anything you want to say about Herbig? Um no, I mean she was you know, hot high mo high motor guy um out of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Has done some work with Trent Jordan. Um, will come in and probably be mentored by Trent Jordan. You know, the guy might not be any more than a than a a, a third outside linebacker, a rotational piece. But dag on, we really need that. And yeah. if it's a good rotational piece, even better. I feel much better around a, around a fourth round draft pick that is just going to be a rotational guy that the Steelers would have drafted someone higher. You know, yeah. if that's all he ever is, then that's great. That's because yeah. it's what the Steelers need. Um, and special teams do. Um, I, they just say the, the motor doesn't stop. Um, it was Roy Countryman that was on with Jeff on Let's Ride on Monday. And he was talking, he loved the Herbig pick. And people are like, oh, he's kind of small. He's kind of light. He's like, I don't care what they list him at. He says TJ Watt is not as heavy as what is what is what his what they say he is. He's lucky if TJ Watt's two thirty five is what he thinks. So he's like, Herbig is not really that small of a guy compared, you know, if you would look at him like a TJ Watt. So, the, but the thing with TJ Watt is he plays big. You know, he doesn't get pushed around. So that's that's got to be the key with Herbig. So, right. Um, and then, you know, some people are like, is he outside? Is he inside? We'll just say linebacker. No, the outside linebackers coach was in the press conference, and he said this is where he is to start. And notice he just said to start because you don't roll anything out. When you start changing a guy's position early, 
you have to worry about that because it means they're not really living up to what you had them being uh, most likely. So I think that's what he's brought in to do. Um, anything else you want to say about Herbig? Nope. I'm good. There. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we had the four hour layoff. <laughs> And then we finally got to round seven. And of course I had to be on my toes for everything, ready to do a podcast at any time on all that great stuff. Um, made it, made it to round seven. Okay. Um, I keep, I keep messing up the letters of the Steelers first seventh round picks names. I keep wanting to call him like, like, like um, Trey case instead of, Corey Trace. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know why. I just keep getting it mixed up in my mind. So they, they drafted another cornerback, okay? And this was Corey Trace Jr., another quarterback that's a junior, um, out of Purdue. And this is another long cornerback. Like, length is the thing, just like Joy Porter Jr. Now, it's funny because I brought this up on Saturday in a Zoom call. Um, I said... You know, I really hope they were joking, but we actually had someone in the live chat say, uh, length is a bad thing for a defensive back. <laughs> and I said that we just we we were rolling pretty bad. <laughs> Why would length be a bad thing for a defensive back? No, you don't want long arms to be able to knock the ball away or to reach around a receiver in order to hit the ball or anything like that. Yeah, length is a good thing. Dude, we want T-Rex out there. High five. Yeah, yeah, let's get out there. Oh no, let me try to stop the ball. Uh, you know, yeah, length is a good thing when it comes to 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 a cornerback. Um so yeah, so huh. did did I still not say the name wrong? Right? Uh, you never say anything right, so I just don't pay attention. No, because I said it's Corey. It's Corey Trice, right? Obi Trice. Oh, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I was saying how I keep getting messed up with his name. Hopefully, that's what people were commenting about, and that I didn't actually say it wrong. Yeah. Uh, George OTJ tells me that he is messing up again. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> George, I've gotten to the yeah. point, like I said, when it comes to names, I just ignore it with Dave because he never gets them right anyway. No, I never I just do anyway. act like everything's okay and keep going. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, if that's all that came out of my mouth, that's what my brain was saying. But my, like I said, my, my brain is still mush from this past weekend. So here's my bold statement on this pick. Some people are like, why? The Steelers really have a lot of cornerbacks. Did they, you know, a lot of people wanted him to double dip. Some people... Or like, why even bother? Especially when they signed another cornerback during that downtime between the fourth round pick and the seventh round pick. That they that 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 was when they uh, signed Sullivan. Uh, it was announced today officially. Uh, that's a that's more of a slot corner. Um, we're not going to go into that too much, just because we got to we're, we're running late late on time. We want to finish up with the draft here, and then they drafted another corner. Here's my thought on on Trice. I think he was a player that the Steelers targeted in the fourth round. If they didn't get another cornerback before then, if they didn't get Joey Porter jr or draft someone else in between hmm. that, he was a corner that they had looked into to get later. If the, if, if the board fell where they need, wanted to take other things sooner. 
And because of that, and the fact that they were willing to take him in round four, and he was there at round seven, you're like, okay, we can't pass this up. We we, yeah. we, we got to roll with it. So that's what I and remember. No inside information with that at all. That's just kind of the feel that I have for that pick. Well, what did you think of that one, Rich? Um, that oh, I said the, Trace instead of Trice. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a, hey, we're not ready to just take a flyer on somebody in the seventh. We got a guy out there that we still had ranked pretty high. We're going to go get him. Yeah. So. Seventh round pick. Steelers have already done a great job, even if it's a position you already drafted. Now, Eric Parker brings it. up Trice was an injury concern. Right. That's why he's still looked at as a great value in the seventh round, the same way we look at Washington as being a great value, even potentially with some knee issues in the fourth round. Third round. Third round. See, I keep doing pick, that too because he was the fourth thing. pick. <laughs> so, um, which actually was, I'm trying to think. He was, that was right on the cusp of where the compensatory pick started even. So, yeah. Um, so that that's just, to me, you know, that you, you had this group of corners, then you might have had another group of corners, then you might have had another, who knows how many different groups they would have had. But let's say the steel, you know, corners they were willing to take with their first two picks, corners they were willing to take with their next two picks, and then corners that they were willing to take with that first, with that fourth round pick to start off day three, um, somewhere in there. So to me, I think someone, I, I just think Trice was one of those um, in that group that they would have taken and then he was still there at seven. So um, I like it. And if it if it works out great, and if it doesn't, it's just look, a glorified and, and, undrafted and, free agent. And, and everybody's saying, you know, hey, look at all the corners we have now. But, you know, don't we go into camp a lot of years where we have a position where we know we've got more guys than what we need? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did that on the defensive line several years ago. Yeah. Yeah, when you had the two the two Davis brothers and everybody, and and it was like, oh wow, they're going to have to really try to slide some a couple of those guys to the practice squad. They, they, they still not, have this with the defensive space. line this year, correct? Yeah, far but too so, many guys. So it's like, it, it, is it is it bad that we're going to have guys in camp fighting fighting for a spot? I don't yeah. see it that way. Um, to me, then you just hope that they keep you know the best group. Yeah. Yeah, like they said, competition. Or like they the Steelers keep saying competition because they don't want to say something more insulting. I keep saying it's an up, you know, look to upgrade. Everything in the draft is to look to upgrade what you already got. Yep. So um, and with their last pick, the Steelers took a flyer on someone that you know probably wouldn't have been drafted otherwise. But when you're picking it at what was it, 251 out of out of two out of 259, yeah, that would have only had eight more spots. And you had to take somebody there. People are like, oh, of course they went to Maryland. You know, who cares? But they they took a player that was playing tackle that is just a guy that plays a, everywhere along the line. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a guy that they looked to even see if he could play center because he has before. Right. And this is Spencer Anderson out of Maryland. Yep. yep. He he was your uh, – here's a guy that we'd like to have in, in camp and see what we can do with him. You know, he he's a guy that, honestly, I'm looking at thinking – they're hoping they can get him and get him on the practice squad. They see some potential in him and want to have some more time to work with him. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. 
right now we're, we're thinking practice squad, practice squad. You got to look at how everything plays out with the reserves Correct. on the offensive line. Do the Steelers keep four tackles or do they only keep three? Um, then the question is, do they keep nine linemen or only the eight? A lot of times you'll keep nine and have one inactive. Um, if they keep nine and only keep three tackles, to me, Anderson's battling with Kendrick Green. Yeah, you're right. Yes. So I'm not saying that I would put him on my 53-man roster now, which is something that Jeff Hartman and I will be doing here soon. But I'm not saying that he's that he's definitely relegated to, to, to practice squad. But it's also pretty rare that every player from a draft class makes the roster. Hey, I actually saw a question here I want to bring up just for okay. a second. Of course, I was on it. Now I skipped. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Christopher 11S. It says, hey, bro, how much higher did we climb on the toughness scale? Prior to the draft, Coach D was quoted saying, you know, we're looking for goons. Uh, I'll just say this, Christopher. That started prior to the draft. That started in free agency. Um, I, I actually think some of this had, I'll call it a little bit the Andy Weidel effect um, in terms of the type of guys he likes to have in, especially on the offensive line. Um, and then you might even could say that spilled over to our draft pick that we made for the defensive line. We, we got some guys, yeah, that are one of their, one of their quality, you know, some of the qualities that you can see in some of these players are strong, athletic, tough, strong, athletic, tough, strong. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, I think this was a total change in philosophy, not just on the draft. I think this was the Steelers looking at things going into the offseason saying, we need to get tougher. We need to find some guys who are tough. Now, I, I, I think a toughness is both a physical toughness, and the only way you can have physical toughness is with a mental toughness as well. Yeah. Just a, I, I'm willing to go out there and throw my body around in ways other people wouldn't dream of because – you know, I'm going to show that I'm tough. Yeah. So, and just to clean something up, unless you said it multiple times, the time where Coach Tomlin was most quoted about looking for goons, that that was had to go with with picking up Benton on day two. Yeah. So I don't know if that was with their phone conversation or if it was a conversation they had before that. I don't know when that quote first came out. I heard about it on day two of the draft. So yes, not that so it was prior to the draft, but it was the whole idea. The toughness thing came out well before the draft. To me. To sum up this draft, okay, so here you go. So this, what the Steelers do, they now have the most pedigree they've had at the tackle position in 25 years. They they got a longer, more physical press man corner that they feel that they got value. They got um, a, a, a big – Person on the defensive line that can that can play nose tackle, but can evolve into even more more of anything on the on the defensive line. Who likes to just who likes? To, I'm going to yep. continuously say this about yep. that guy. Who mm-hmm. likes to wreak havoc? Who likes to wreak havoc? Okay, they got a freak of nature tight end that can can block like crazy, and don't know how in the world you cover him. They got um a a small yet high motor guy at outside linebacker from a program where they've had success before. They got another long cornerback 
that they probably would have looked at even earlier in the draft, but didn't need to, and just couldn't pass up. And they got an offensive lineman that's played four out of the five positions in college, everything but left guard. So, I mean, that's, that was their draft. So the question is, how easy is it to fall in love with this draft right now? Um, Oh man, this is probably it is. It's so easy. It, it, it is probably the most excited I've been after a Steelers mm-hmm. draft in at least twenty years. Yeah, actually, probably since we drafted Ben. Yeah, I was excited to draft where we drafted Ben, and and prior to that, I was excited the draft where we drafted Troy. Mm-hmm. But really, since we drafted Ben, there have not been a whole lot of drafts I've been this excited about. I probably the next closest one was the one a couple of years ago, you know, where we get Najee and Muth. Yeah. But this one far outdoes that one in terms of overall down the line throughout the draft. Yeah, and I mean, I I I think it's I I think it's something that the love affair just needs to continue. I love this draft right now, but like I said, I need to love this draft in a year from now, and more importantly, I need to love it in three years from now. Well, and we're not going to feel the same about all these players as we do right now. But this is what you said. Sometimes they say, we, you know, when you're kind of having problems, you just you, you want to look back to when you first started and think of those memories. So Steelers fans, if you're getting frustrated with any of these players throughout their first couple of years as they're coming to the league, think back to this moment on draft weekend and how in love you were with this draft and, and, and remember the good times. Go ahead, Rich. What we really need, we need more of them than not to live up to the hype. Yeah that we're giving them as you know, again, we've got seven guys, right? If three or four of them live up to the hype, then you can look at this draft and say, Hey, that was a really good draft. If, if six of them live up to the hype, then we can start talking about 1974. Yeah. We're not going to talk about 1974 for probably about seven years. Give me seven. Nobody talked about 1974 in 1974 or 75 or 75, 76. It was only after dressed on stat geek this week (laughs) where you, where you actually start looking at, you know, had a couple years down the road when everybody's like, my goodness, look at how all these guys lived up to the hype. That's when you knew you'd done something special. And that's what I'm hoping for this draft. I want to say, Oh my gosh, look at how all those guys lived up to the hype. Yeah. Yep. So, so don't don't forget your first love Steelers fans. Think back to draft weekend if there's some if there's some growing pains along the way. Rich, we got to get to our big question. I'm going to ask you quick. We'll get it we'll get it out there in the live chat. Um I'm give, give a very brief answer here and we're going to go yep. just quick answers from everyone. Wait for me to put it out there. If you're if you're new, if you haven't been here for a while, um, and you're coming back because of the draft coverage and listening to me stumble over names and even trying to say what our network is tonight, uh, <laughs> hopefully you made it through. But uh, it, you got to wait for me to put it in the live chat before you say it, or I won't bring it up. Rich, who do you think, or who for you, out of the seven players selected for the Steelers in the 2023 NFL Draft? Which one do you think the Steelers got the best value? What was their best value 
the best of the value. player they drafted when they drafted. Ooh, them. see, I was ready to spit out a quick answer or something else because I thought you were going <laughs> to ask a different question. Nope, this is where um, I'm going. I'm going to say the best value was. There's a couple arguments here. You only get one answer. Actually, I know. <laughs> I'm going to say Joey Porter Jr. Okay. Because there were multiple folks that actually had him as the top ranked corner in the draft. Yeah. And we got him to start the second round. Well, that's not who I thought you were going to say. So that's who I was going to say. So now I'll say who I thought you were going to say. And that's Darnell Washington. (laughs) Getting him in the third round when Jeremy Betts was petitioning for him to go at 32. That was really something. Now, some people jump jump the gun. gun. That's all right. But hey, I don't want an explanation. I just want a name or else I'm not going to bring it up because we got to get moving through these. Who was the best value drafted by the Steelers in 2023? It is in there. Let's enter, roll. Enter your answers now. And here we go. They're flying already. Kathy gets it first again. Kathy Ford, she says Washington. Uh, Thomas Riley says JPJ. Steel Dog 88 says JPJ. Steelers Pittsburgh says Washington. Uh, this was the one I, almost, I I considered as well. Steeler Chick 46 says Corey Trice. And I said Trice this time. Um, uh, Afton Ford says Washington. Did that one come up? Yeah, it did. Okay, George OTJ <laughs> says every Steeler pick. <laughs> I just put it down because it was funny. Um, um, Kari says Washington. Harvey Stone says Washington. Richard Adamson goes Herbig. There was people that think that either love Herbig or they're pretty apprehensive. I'm kind of in the middle right now because I'm one, if someone doesn't work out and that's the one that doesn't work out, then oh well. But uh, man, it'd be wouldn't it be something if they all work out? Yeah. That's what makes the draft legendary everyone working out. So uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Mr. Woodside says Corey Trice. Woo! And a jump. Uh, Reginald River says twice. Um, um, Christopher Levin says Mr. Washington. Uh, Dennis C. says Washington. Um, Sean Manahan, he says Benton. He thought Benton was the best value there. Uh, Sherry Richard says Washington. Claude Bishop says Washington. Um um, great one Oh three says Washington, uh, George OTJ already answered. Didn't he? And said Benton. I don't know. Um, Patricia Castaneda says Washington. Um, and I think that's all we have for now. I'm sure some more might be coming in. You know what? I was really honestly wondering if anyone was going to say Jones. See Jones is tough. Cause they traded up for him. Correct. That's a tough, and, and, tough and, one. And, and honestly, for to say Jones was a better value than some of these other ones, you would have had to consider him a top five. But I'll be opinion. honest with you. The answer, if the, the draft answer, gone, if the draft Jones, could have gone a completely different way, and the answer could have been Jones based on the way the draft went, and it still would have been a good, it still could have been a good draft. Could I thought been you were good. maybe going to ask me something along the lines of um, who was I most excited about, mm-hmm. or something like that you know yeah. that they were able to draft my answer there was actually jones yeah um yep that guy like well actually you throw him in again you're from the title of the show so sorry <laughs> that's okay here in washington together like i, I just would i just love to see the smile on Najee harris's face as yeah. all this was going on draft weekend because thinking about how those two guys can get outside and block Najee's just got to be thinking, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, know? and it's and it, it's one of those things where I've wanted the Steelers to invest on the offensive line for a very long time. Why? Because I'm biased towards offensive line. And they and they haven't done it very high, and they finally did. And I'm very happy for that. Uh Kenny Beamer says, uh, Joy Porter Jr. Um, I'm checking to see if there's any more great other conversations going on here. So, Rich, whoo, we're running over a little bit, but hey, we're we're yep. coming off our draft coverage. We're gonna continue to break stuff down with the draft. This was yeah. kind of for, for those of you if you haven't been here before, or if you haven't been here a while, this is just two brothers sitting around talking about the Stillers um and making fun of how one of them can't talk. Um and then and the other one making fun of the other one that he we takes too long to answer. Um, it's just what we do. And so that this is kind of what we did. We talked about how we felt about it. We wanted to run through kind of kind of how our emotions were when the pick went out, how you would talk to, I mean, my goodness, I have, I've, I've had conversations in the last few days with other Steeler fans. Oh, how do you feel about the draft? How do you feel about this? And things like that. Some really, really great things just for Steelers fans to be talking about. But I'm also really excited because there's one, to me, you're still in that high off the draft, but not this week. But the end of next week is when we get another high that really makes it real. And that's when the schedule comes out. Yeah. You take the draft. You get excited about what's going to be. Then you talk about the schedule. And then you're like, oh, let's get talking about what this all means coming together for 2023. And I'm really excited about that. Don't know what we'll talk about next week. Uh, we'll probably still break this out a little bit more. I know we'll talk about the schedule the week after. Um, because it's kind of what kind of what we do. We'll we'll break down, you know, the the best games for fans to go to. That's generally how we yep. look at it, uh, because we attend games. But man, we're just going to keep bringing everything here here to. Let me get it right. Steel Curtain Network, woo! Uh, part of Fans First Network. Um, we we've got it all coming at you. We've got the regularly scheduled shows. We'll get back to our regular weekend content. Um, like for example, Brian Anthony Davis and I did not do a week that was because my goodness, everything was covering the draft. We wanted the other shows. You had heard enough from Brian and I already. Um, so you know, wanted our other shows to be able to have their opportunity to run. That's you know, the, the homies ran on Sunday, things like that. But we'll get back to our regular schedule with all those things. So make sure you're checking all that out. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. It's free. Make sure you're subscribing anywhere you listen to your podcast. It's free. And then that way you get any of our content that comes to you. Whoo, Rich, I am, once again, I, I still feel like I need to take a nap that I still need to recover. But uh, what, what do you have to say here to close this out tonight? Hey, it's been nice. Like I said, I've, I've kind of been riding the high. Um, because this draft was amazing. I will throw in one more quick thing. Um, I was watching the draft on the NFL network and right after the draft, they went to the folks covering about who they were most impressed with their draft. And on the NFL network, Daniel Jeremiah, who does their big board was the first to go. And his answer was the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was impressed with their draft. So, um, that just gets me excited. As Dave said, we'll be moving up towards, you know, next thing will be schedule release. Then we'll be talking rookie mini camp and then, you know, Oh, you know, just things are coming. Um, there's a lot to be excited about a lot moving forward, but a lot for us to cover and we'll be there to cover it. 
Can't wait. Can't wait.